G'day and welcome back to the Reputation Revolution. This is episode 212. My name is Trevor Young. Welcome to the show. Something a little bit different today. Uh, instead of an interview guest, you're going to have to put up with my voice, but it's not this voice in particular. It's a voice that recorded, which was still my voice, recorded the audio version of my book, Content Marketing for PR or if you want the full title, Content Marketing for PR, How to Build Brand Visibility, Influence and Trust in Today's Social Age. This is the book for you if you are struggling to cut through the noise and convey your message to the marketplace. This is all about becoming your own media channel and telling your stories like a PR pro. Now, these are things that we talk about often on the uh, podcast. But in this one, I've handpicked a chapter for your listening pleasure. And that particular chapter is how owned media can lead to editorial exposure. And I thought it was a relevant one to add in because last week's episode, uh, 211, we featured cybersecurity specialist Jake Moore from the UK. And Jake took us through a bit of a case study. He took us through on how he's ma managed to achieve uh, something like 400 uh, mentions in editorial mentions in main, ma mostly mainstream media uh, and some tier one media. How he's managed to do that within two years. Now, he does have help. Uh, he has a PR agency, um, but... All the lessons that he, he's learned along the way, all the things that he does personally, everything about what he does to generate that media coverage is something that every emerging thought leader can do. Anyone who's got a personal brand and got that expertise and really, um, really got a goal of going out there and generating some, some column inches and, uh, or as they say in the trade, getting ink. So I think I, I wanted to put this episode up and, and this particular chapter because it's, it's kind of like a bookend because it talks about uh, how if we have our own media channels like a blog or a podcast or whatever, they, they play or they can play an important role in getting editorial exposure and getting you quoted and getting your stories up and often from a validation point of view. So I'll give a number of examples, tell a few stories uh, of people that are doing it and, and how it has happened to other people. So I'll leave it there. Uh, have a listen. Um, now, the other thing about this book is that the whole book, audio version of the book, is free. At this moment, as I record this, it is free to download, but you have to go to one place and one place only. So here is, I'll put it in the show notes, but here is the URL you need to go to. Go to bit.ly forward slash TY free audio. Now I'll spell that out. Bit.ly is B-I-T dot L-Y with a forward slash TY free audio. Bit.ly forward slash TY free audio. Go there, stick your email in. And you get access to not only this particular chapter, but all of the chapters. And I'm telling you, there's a fair bit there. This, is, this was a meaty book. 
Uh, and so there's 29 chapters. So I'm sure you'll find something there of value, plus my dulcet tones. Alrighty, let's get into the show. Welcome to Reputation Revolution. This is the podcast where we help individuals like you to establish your voice in the marketplace, enhance the credibility of that voice, extend the reach of your story and your message, and finally, extract value from your efforts in building a meaningful personal brand that's both recognized and respected. Now, on with the show. Chapter 23. How owned media can lead to editorial exposure. Maintaining a thriving content platform, for example, an active blog, plus several well-maintained social channels, can be very beneficial in generating coverage for your brand in third-party media outlets. The media in this case is known as earned media because you earn coverage in outside independent media outlets. It doesn't just happen by itself. By media, I'm referring to the full gamut of traditional and new media outlets. This could be a newspaper, hard copy or online version, an industry journal, a business or lifestyle magazine, a TV program or radio show, or niche blogs and podcasts run by either individuals, businesses, or professional organizations. Remember, anyone today can become a bona fide media channel and build an engaged audience. In the middle of the traditional mainstream titles and the plethora of blogs and podcasts run by individuals is what I call hybrid media. These are digital-only publications, often owned and managed by media professionals. Generally, hybrid media titles operate within a particular niche and are lean, nimble operations, although a growing number are part of a bigger and more established media group, such as Verizon Media. At the big end of hybrid media town, you have the likes of BuzzFeed, VentureBeat, TechCrunch, HuffPost, Engadget, Lifehacker, Business Insider, plus the Vox media titles, such as Recode, The Verge, SB Nation, Eater, and more. These publications boast substantial readerships and can be very influential in their space. However, even though they are focused content-wise, they are still reasonably general and can cover a lot of editorial ground. The successful smaller hybrid publications tend to operate within a much tighter niche. For example, in the world of PR and communications, there is a range of small hybrid titles such as Reagan's PR Daily, O'Dwyer's and the Holmes Report. Most industries are covered by one or more hybrid media titles. Some are one-off independent titles, while others belong to a stable of publications. For example, the Momentum Media Group primarily services various niches within Australia's broader financial services industry, with titles such as Investor Weekly, Risk Advisor, Mortgage Business, Fintech Business and Accountants Daily. Thousands of hybrid media outlets are scattered across the globe. It can sometimes take a bit of digging to find them, but if you operate in a niche industry, they shouldn't be too difficult to locate online. What's important from my perspective is that these niche hybrid media titles often provide PR firms, businesses, and aspiring thought leaders with a great opportunity to generate editorial exposure, albeit with smaller but potentially more focused and engaged audiences. Because they often lack in-house resources, hybrid titles tend to be more open to accepting contributions from the public. Not only does this help fill their online publication at minimal cost, but it also gives readers fresh perspectives on well-worn issues. However, just because professional hybrid titles accept outside contributions, 
Don't think for one minute you can pitch half-baked articles, opinion pieces, and story ideas. Hybrid media titles are run as businesses. To sustain their operations, they need to demonstrate to readers they have editorial integrity. Obviously, the degree of editorial integrity differs from title to title, but as a rule, they're run like mainstream media publications, just on a much smaller level. And of course, you have a veritable smorgasbord of blogs and publications operated by brands and individuals who also rely on external contributions for content bulk and freshness. Again, looking at the PR and marketing world, good examples of this include Ginny Dietrich's Spin Sucks and Bulldog Reporter, produced by media monitoring and analytics company Agility PR Solutions. Ditto the content-rich blog published by the Content Marketing Institute. Where earned media meets content marketing for PR. There are three forces at play when it comes to original content and the role it plays in generating exposure in third-party media outlets. The common factor across all three is that you must first be an active publisher of compelling and relevant content. Number one, content as validation. Let's say the media somehow hears about your brand, whether directly via social media, through word of mouth, or via Google search. A journalist is seeking an expert in, for example, property law, to provide quotes for a story. You run a law firm, and one of the partners specializes in property. Plus, she writes regular articles on the subject for the firm's blog and is very active sharing content on the topic via her personal Twitter and LinkedIn accounts. The journalist checks out the lawyer online to see if she has the right credentials. Does she know her subject? Does she have an opinion or an interesting point of view? Does she give good quotes? Has she been covered by the media before? In other words, the journalist seeks validation of the lawyer's bona fides before contacting her. This is especially important in today's internet age, when so many people claim to be experts but are not. The substance does not match the hype. However, a solid body of work in the form of original content published online is a terrific way to separate oneself from the pack of thought leader wannabes. It provides the journalist with a degree of comfort that you stay up to date with a particular topic, that you have a point of view, and that hopefully you can provide the insights and quotes necessary for their story. Number two, content that becomes news. Your content becomes news when it becomes part of that day's news reporting. It can be direct and intentional. This happens when the specific aim of what you publish is to slip your company's name or story into the public conversation about a particular topic and thus become part of the day's news. Or it can be indirect or unintentional. This is when the media, for instance, quotes a story you have written. Let's say an established CEO, for example, writes a topical post for her company blog and it strikes a chord with readers in that industry. Perhaps it gets shared and commented upon in social media and starts to gather a bit of momentum. Next, a journalist picks up on the buzz, checks out the article, and asks permission to reprint it in his publication. Or the journalist does a completely new story on the topic and quotes the CEO. Now, this publication may specialize in the industry in question, or the story might have broader appeal to perhaps the business community at large. Because it has general appeal, this story might thus find a home on a more mainstream online news site. However it happens, if you've got a platform and an engaged audience in place and you're producing topical content that resonates with your audience, one day you might find that you and your material are in demand. Your article, for instance, might get reproduced, hopefully with permission, on someone else's blog or in an industry publication. 
Or you may find that journalists and broadcast producers looking for commentary on this topic ask you for an interview or for a quote that's for a bigger story. Here's a real-life example. Sydney-based general medical practitioner Dr. Elizabeth Oliver wrote a heartfelt article on her blog, That Lady Doctor. The article was titled, What I Do for $37.05. It was subsequently picked up by Fairfax Media, one of Australia's biggest media companies, which republished the post on two of its flagship online newspaper publications, The Age and The Sydney Morning Herald. Under the revised heading, GP Rebate, What I Do for $37.05 That No One Wants to Pay. The story subsequently trickled out to radio. The government-owned ABC, Australian Broadcasting Corporation, ran an interview with Dr. Oliver on its Radio National Health Report, which in turn sparked additional coverage on the ABC website, as well as on the popular blog, Mamma Mia. This is a great example of how one blog post caught the media's attention and then garnered a much broader audience for a story. And of course, let's not forget the sharing people do on their own social media networks, which was considerable in Dr. Oliver's case. In fact, that's where I saw it first. But none of this would have happened. None of it would have happened had Dr. Oliver not published the opinion piece on her blog in the first place. From blog to Huff Post, another classic example of the blog to media ripple effect involves Australia-based recruitment industry thought leader, Greg Savage, who in 2010 wrote a provocative article on his blog, The Savage Truth, entitled, How Did It Get to Be Okay for People to Be Late for Everything? More than three years later, HuffPost in the United States republished Greg's article, and it immediately resonated with readers, generating some 63,000 social shares. It was also discussed on the National Today Show morning TV program. This set off another wave of media interest in Greg's blog post. He declined invitations to be interviewed by the US media. Even so, he still experienced an immediate surge in subscribers to his blog, Twitter followers and LinkedIn connections as a result of the HuffPost and Today Show coverage. Specialist vertical media titles. At a more niche level, my friend Ian McDermott experienced firsthand how blogging can lead to editorial exposure in specialist media titles. Ian is a financial services lawyer who runs his own practice in Melbourne called IMAC Legal and Compliance. He wrote an article titled Latest LIF Changes, More Holes Than Swiss Cheese and posted it on his business blog and LinkedIn account. In the article, Ian questioned whether draft regulations for the life insurance framework legislation in Australia needed further clarification. Without pitching the article to the media, it nevertheless spawned four separate stories in key industry publications that serve his marketplace. This goes to show that journalists are actively scanning social networks for news opportunities and ideas, particularly in niche areas. Newsjacking. Here's a business-to-business example from big media, as told by best-selling marketing author David Meerman Scott on Jay Bear's Content Pros podcast. David was discussing the concept of newsjacking, a term he popularized with the release of his book, Newsjacking, How to Inject Your Ideas into a Breaking News Story and Generate Tons of Media Coverage. Newsjacking is a more proactive and opportunistic form of gaining editorial publicity, but it has its roots in owned media and hence has a role to play in content marketing for PR. David tells the story on social pros. A great example of newsjacking in the B2B world is a company called Eloqua. The CEO of Eloqua, a marketing automation software business, noticed that his biggest competitor, a company called Market to Lead, was acquired by Oracle. He wrote a blog post called Oracle Joins the Party, 
within two hours after the announcement hit. And after that, he made it the next morning into all the news stories about the acquisition on Bloomberg, Business Week, PC World, and Information World. David continues, As a result of everybody seeing all of his information in these important publications, he actually generated a million dollars worth of new business because the people who had been existing customers of his competitor thought, well, shoot, maybe we don't want to be part of this giant software company. Maybe we want to go with the other guys. That's a long way of saying newsjacking is a really cool way to get your ideas into the market. David describes the Eloqua example as the perfect newshook and perfect example of an organization that had a legitimate tie to the story. Dr. Elizabeth Oliver, Greg Savage, Ian McDermott, and Eloqua are four very different examples of how owned media can lead to earned editorial exposure in third-party media outlets when the content you publish becomes the news. Being your own media channel is a powerful strategy as it is, but when the stories, insights, ideas, and opinions you publish on your blog start making their way into the mainstream media or the vertical titles that service your industry, that is a definite bonus. Contributed content, op-eds, and guest posts. As we discussed earlier, many online publications today are constrained by budget, but still need to fill the virtual pages despite a lack of resources. This situation can present professionals with domain expertise, as well as business and community leaders, with the opportunity to pitch ideas for opinion pieces. These are op-eds in the media, so-called because traditionally these pieces were located opposite the editorials, which are opinion pieces commonly written by a publication's editorial board. Note that in major media, all commentary is labelled as opinion and segregated away from reporters' research news coverage, which aims to be as close to objective as possible. These days, both editorials by the editorial board and op-ed pieces are often lumped together as opinion pieces, and the author is clearly indicated. Op-ed pieces may be written by staff opinion writers or by outside authors who are regular opinion columnists or regular contributing opinion writers as is the case with the New York Times. Or they could be one-time or infrequent contributors who write an opinion piece on a timely topic. This is potentially where your op-ed proposal could most likely fit in. Research your target publication and make sure you understand how this section is organized and whether outside contributions are accepted. Online publications often provide written op-ed guidelines that you can download or request. Carefully following the guidelines will give your piece a better chance of being accepted. The op-ed process is a classic media relations play, but with an owned media twist. In this case, an article is written specifically for a media outlet, but you should be able to republish the same piece on your own website or on LinkedIn or Medium.com after a certain contractual period. Most publications will allow you to republish as long as they have exclusivity for a specific time period. This could be as little as a day or so, or as long as several months, depending on the subject and the media outlet. A good example of where this happens frequently is Forbes.com, the digital version of the iconic business magazine that has built and continues to strengthen a thriving contributor network. This practice bolsters the publication's editorial output with contributions by expert commentators. The same happens at the likes of Entrepreneur.com and Management Today in the UK. These are some of the big mainstream titles people like talking about, but there are countless alternative ways to build a profile through contributed articles. I'm talking specifically about going niche, 
and aiming for smaller online publications and blogs run by individuals or brands that might not have massive audiences, but still serve a specific market relevant to your needs and subject matter. For example, I've contributed for a number of years to a blog called Ideas Ignition, which is published by the Australian recruitment firm, Firebrand Talent. Firebrand Talent is an active player in the digital, creative and communication space. See Chapter 28, which features a case study of Firebrand. Its blog attracts 53,000 monthly visitors and is heavily supported by the company's active social media accounts. To me, it makes a lot of sense to be a contributor to this blog. The size of its audience is solid and continues to grow. The company actively promotes me across its various social channels, and the relationship I have with the team at Firebrand Talent has resulted in other opportunities to gain exposure via the company's live media platform, which consists of a regular series of events called DigiTalks. In return for an original article four times a year, Firebrand Talent provides me with a platform to reach an audience that's really important to me. It's also good discipline for me, plus the article ultimately ends up on my PR Warrior blog anyway, so it's a win-win for both parties. If you set your sights on bigger media, that's cool. But I reiterate, don't underestimate the influence that exposure across a raft of smaller titles can bring. Done with purpose and strategic intent, getting your article published on these platforms can be an effective stepping stone towards the bigger media titles. The key to making contributed content work effectively is to have a solid platform in place to maximize your efforts. At the very least, you should be building a following on LinkedIn and or Twitter and or Facebook so you can share your published work with your personal networks. Don't forget to then rewrite and update the original piece so you can then republish it on your own blog, on LinkedIn or on medium.com. This strategy will not only boost the reach of your article, but if done on a regular basis, will help build an online presence for your business, nonprofit, or personal brand. Relationship building is still important. While publishing quality and relevant content consistently over the time is key to the owned media to earned media strategy, never forget the power of building relationships with editors and journalists. It might well be the thing that initially gets you accepted as a guest contributor in the first place. Building a relationship with members of the media is a classic PR tenet and it still applies today, albeit the media now includes podcasters, YouTubers, bloggers, and a multitude of small but influential branded content hubs. The world of media and information has splintered enormously, but this phenomenon has opened up opportunities for small budget players to slide on in and have an impact. While social networking can be effective in helping to identify and build rapport with journalists, bloggers, and opinion leaders, Sometimes nothing beats good old face-to-face meetings at industry events or over coffee. What do we learn in this chapter? The content you publish on your own media channels can play a key role today in generating editorial exposure in independent third-party media outlets. Journalists will often check out your blog, videos, podcasts to confirm your professional bona fides and to ensure you know what you're talking about. Sometimes the content we produce on our own blogs, for example, can be picked up by the news media. Contributing articles and opinion pieces to online media outlets and other people's blogs can be a powerful way to build professional visibility and influence in the marketplace. The reputation economy is here. The world today needs more genuine, credible experts and leaders to stand up and share their experience, their wisdom, their stories and ideas. Are you in? 